Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS Radio Studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett, here on Nerd Association. We like to keep reminding you, just because we have cool jobs, it doesn't make us cool. And as we've established, we're all right. Uh, And we're joined by somebody else today who's also, you know, he's all right. Uh, You can hear him every day on Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. It is J.D. T-Bone Smith. T-Bone, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you guys, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, you're here today. We don't mean to pigeonhole you, but you're here today because we're talking about something that that is near and dear to your heart as it is to ours. And uh, Chops, fill us in. What's the topic today? Well, the main one we're going to focus on, you know, what do you think of when I say I'm vengeance? (laughs) Because (laughs) the DC fandom this past weekend dropped a, a new... The Batman trailer, plus tons of other stuff, but we're going to try to hit Batman, I think, the most. Yeah, well, and I, I have to admit that when you suggested this to me, I, I do not keep up very well with the DC uh, universe, I guess, because when you said fandom, I assume you misspelled something. <laughs> so <laughs> when I looked it up, I went, oh, no, that's what it's called. I didn't know really what it was. It's essentially a Comic-Con like reveal show yeah. for just DC properties, but I didn't really know. It just started filtering in social media throughout saturday and then by the end of it there was a the batman trailer which was really our first look besides like set pictures for sure every time a new batman trailer comes out i always ask uh, this idea like oh uh, you know i wish we knew more about like how batman became batman and like what are what are his parents doing these days you know (laughs) every time yeah you know they never they never bring that up oddly enough it it doesn't happen (laughs) but other than that I mean, I think it looks pretty cool. I like any time we can do the gritty Batman, I think that's appropriate. And of course, I have theories, but um, what did you guys think? Like, what what are your first impressions of this trailer? My uh, first impression, one of the big things that stood out to me is it's kind of cool. It looks like we're actually going to get a Batman doing detective work because he's always said to be the world's greatest detective and he never really does a ton of detective work. He just kind of finds the criminals and beats them up. So this one looks like, you know, he's actually like going to the crime scene and they're, they got, he's got like the card from the Riddler or whatever. So I'm excited to see him do some actual detective work. And on the gritty note, I agree with you. Batman works for that. Cause he's like still like a real person where it's like, it's silly when Superman and wonder woman are tried to be put into that same world. Like they kind of did with right. like the justice league movies. One movie, I guess. Man of Steel is the other one where that one didn't really work for me. Yeah. What about you, T-Bone? Yeah, I think that the the detective angle on it is good to bring up because there are so many times where we get like, here's how Batman became the physical specimen. Here's how he learned all these techniques. Here's how he bought all this equipment to fight crime. But you're right. Like, we don't focus in on, here is him actually like figuring it all out and showing up to places and getting to dead ends and i mean there are those things in some of the other movies but yeah if if we had a a movie that was mostly about him trying to get better at figuring out like a a brain teaser you know what i mean like that's what i assume with this riddler angle that's what they're going for here Mm -hmm. so that will be a new way to kind of see him I do hope it doesn't devolve into not because it's not worthy to talk about these things, but like, I just hope they don't do another set of like, you don't know what makes Batman Batman. Like, no, we, we do like you brought up Daniel, like we're, 
we're very aware of how Batman got to be where he is. Yeah. If this turns more into let's figure out how Batman fits in a world where, you know, do we really want vigilantism and stuff like that? We've, we've done that too, but sure. I'm more here to understand that a little bit more. I don't need to hear for the umpteenth time about how he's conflicted and he His could just be this rich playboy. Yeah. Well, like we got that. <laughs> like let's like almost in the last 20 years of Batman movies, we've almost gotten the vibe that like Batman doesn't really like being Batman. And it's like, uh, sure. There, there's a big part of that in his lore, but also there was a part of it at a time where he did yeah. feel like he had to be Batman. <laughs> so maybe we can watch some of that. I'm not saying that has to be the whole movie is just ignoring all the implications of someone who puts a mask on and starts fighting crime on his own. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where they take this movie. Cause obviously they're, they're not going to downplay the dark angle of Batman. <laughs> like it's not going to be glitzy and showy. It does not appear. It's going to be another very dark and, you know, dank type of Batman. So that's fine, but let's, let's get into the detective work a little bit. I like that. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a lot of that. Uh, Matt Reeves, the director of this one has confirmed that, it's year two of him being Batman, so we're not getting an origin story because everybody already knows how, like you mentioned, how Batman came to be. So let's just jump in. It's Batman. Here's a story about Batman. And that'll be also nice. It, DC seems to be sort of pivoting to this a little bit, that they're kind of just sticking to smaller stories that just do the movie the best way we can do it. It doesn't need to be a part of this giant thing. Not everybody can be Marvel, and not everybody has to be Marvel. Yeah, I, I do yeah, get the impression too, good. based on the way I know. You know, a trailer is so short that when they show anything in it, it feels like a big piece. But the way that the scenes with um, Martha and Thomas Wayne were shot or like showed in the trailer, it kind of gave me the impression of like a very quick flashback. Which you know, if he's punching a guy in the face and all of a sudden he remembers his mom and dad being shot, and it's like a you know a quick flashback, yeah. then I'm cool with that because we all know at this point what the story is. They don't need to waste any time. We don't need it. a full scene. It's not even exposition anymore. It's right. just rehashing. Well, and and like you said, Matt Reeves has already confirmed part of the inspiration for Batman was what if Sherlock Holmes had what was modern technology for the time now seems kind of pathetic but you know what if sherlock holmes was a modern superhero and mm -hmm. did put on a cape and and uh, and so i'm glad that we are seeing some more of that and i think that's a very cool thing and uh, is it time for my theory i because i i think we can still keep talking about this but i think it's constructive to say that so batman year two is a is a comic there okay. is a batman year two comic there was a batman year one two three and four and it was this idea that it followed Batman in the early years of being Batman. So I don't know. And and Batman Year One was a big inspiration for Nolan's Batman Begins. There was a lot that was taken out of that. I don't know how much Matt Reeves, when he says this is Batman Year Two, if he knows he's referring, I assume he knows he's referring to a, <laughs> a comic. My theory is this, that the Batman of this movie, the Batman, is the same Batman that Christian Bale plays. That this that we are you could take this movie and insert it between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, because I think based on what we've seen so far, by the end of Batman Begins, uh, Bruce Wayne is re is has has exacted vengeance and lets lets a guy die. I mean, you know, he kind he doesn't break his rule because he doesn't kill Ra's al Ghul, mm -hmm. but he lets him die. So he's he's in vengeance mode in that movie. Carmine Falcone is you know being yeah. wrapped up, and in the trailer you see like headlines that say Carmine Falcone arrested in drug bust. So this is something that has happened recently in this world too. You have, you know, the Riddler and you have 
Penguin, which we got to talk about those actors in a second. Um, but you also still have Jim Gordon as a, as a detective instead of the commissioner, um, at least at the beginning. I don't know where he ends up yeah. by the end, but um, yeah, sure. But then I think the biggest thing to me is the Joker gang. Joker's not in this movie, but at the end of Batman Begins, there's this nod to this new criminal gang that's coming up. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that in this movie, we don't see Joker, but we start seeing this sort of cult following that he inspires, which we saw in in uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker, that he like inspires this cult following of yeah. people who. And then put correct on... me if I'm wrong. They weren't even. They didn't even know that they were going to do the big Joker story for the Dark Knight when they had that teaser. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, I don't know that that was was concrete or you know that was just kind of a thing that they thought. Well, we're going to touch on this somewhere. Mm -hmm. But that is, I mean, that's something you can easily throw in. Is like there's a gang, you know, that that can then be expounded upon later. And I I kind of like your theory because there's there's an argument to be made that you probably couldn't do like 10 of them but you might be able to get two or three movies out of various situations that occurred between batman begins and the dark knight sure right i mean the the rogue like, one version of batman yeah exactly that's a good way yeah, of putting I'm, it yeah you could because there's no rule saying that like every one of those movies had to, that well they didn't they didn't butt up concurrently like today's tuesday and this movie ended today's wednesday and that movie started like <laughs> right. there's there there, even if there was only a month in between those two movies, a month of Batman's life could be like five movies. Sure. You know what I mean? Theoretically, we don't we don't know what that could be like. So, it is possible that they could still work in some other things that kind of sit in this in between area that isn't technically to go down the Star Wars verbiage. You know, it's not technically canon, or it's not we're not trying to build some other thing. But we are acknowledging that, like, that stuff happened over here on movie one, and you're going to get the Dark Knight over here later. But in between that, this is kind of the Batman that we're talking about. And there's no reason why you couldn't at some point, you know, revisit that, you know, that thought down the road again and do another movie like this. And and I think it's interesting, too. So follow me on this. Carmine Falcone and uh, the Scarecrow in Batman Begins are sort of the prototypes of later villains or like the lowest tertiary level of villain you can have like an actual crime boss and a guy that puts on a mask and uses drugs as his weapon but like these are not super villains right they are just villains yeah i see uh the riddler and penguin in this movie as being kind of the next step up they are villains who are who are stepping up their game and trying to do broader plots it looks like but like penguin First of all, my understanding is he doesn't even like being called Penguin, that that's a name that other people have given him. But he's kind of also just like a like a smuggler of antiquities or like fine goods because there's a lot of scenes of him like at the dock. Yeah. Riddler's a serial killer. Like <laughs> he's not or yeah. that's kind of the way they show him. These are these are next level villains, but they are not Bane or Joker level, which I would call top tier Batman villains, like people who could yeah, actually I, kill yeah. Batman. Yeah, and their their goals in those movies too are to like dismantle like parts of society like financial systems right all of society stuff like, yeah, yeah. I mean, whereas like you get, you get the in the to daniel's point in the first movie you have guys who are just looking to get something for themselves mm -hmm. more or mm -hmm. less or or someone who is employed by someone who's trying to get something for themselves and this if this is the progression of villain you're right now you're getting the guys who are not afraid to kill to get their way and it actually becomes a thing they enjoy and by the progression of joker and bane you've got guys who are like killing is just the vehicle to get all the stuff we need 
to dismantle this world that we live in and that's that's super dark obviously but i'm saying you're right that's a that's a big step up from hey we just want to like get some money and yeah and they are super villains like yes right they're not just villains they are super villains yeah that they uh, you will you see in the first or in the you know in the dark night where you know joker robs the bank which is all of the regular old villains like (laughs) that's even pretty clearly let out by whichever guy it was from wings who gets <laughs> robbed at the end i'm blanking on the actor's name but yeah where he's like you know you guys used to, you know villains used to have respect or people you know criminals used to have some kind of respect for you know things and you can see how like the the mode is changing from like the regular old villains to this joker guy who's just on a different level and maybe this helps us fill in that gap a little bit more of oh here's some of the serial killer villains we didn't really discuss in that little section of the movie now if we're talking about the progression of characters i think we do have to bring up one thing that might be a wrench in your theory catwoman, catwoman is yep. there and catwoman's in the dark knight rises or at least a version of catwoman well and i was going to say keep in mind that in even in the comics i mean in the comics there are different versions of lots of people but mm-hmm. catwoman is one of the people in the comics where there are several different versions of it's not always selena kyle yeah I mean, who knows? This could be Halle Berry's Catwoman. The best Catwoman. Or the best Catwoman. Or or it could be just a different cat burglar that puts on a costume because everyone's putting on costumes these days. Yeah. I, so I mean, I don't, in, who knows? In, yeah. The, in the Dark Knight, there's guys dressing up like Batman. Yeah. That are just other people. Precisely. So <laughs> I, 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 I realize that that is maybe a, the, the kink in my theory, but other, who knows? Other than that, though, there doesn't, I mean, at least from the little bit we've seen in this trailer, there doesn't seem to be character reasons that throw a wrench in the theory so far yeah yeah i wonder if like i don't how long is robert Pattinson signed on for these movies do we know has that is that i'm sure it is known i just don't know if we know i don't know i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to find out i mean if he would do four twilights i'm sure he'd do batman for at least 10 (laughs) yeah (laughs) true i guess what i'm saying is like i wonder if i wonder if he is a holdover because there's isn't there the whole Michael Keaton angle with something that I'm forgetting too? Isn't there something with Michael Keaton playing an older Batman at some point? I think that's going to be in the Flash movie. Is the rumors with that? Oh, that's in the Flash movie. Okay, I was gonna, I was going to say at some point we've got to get older Batman, and I know Michael Keaton would fit the age range. Like I just wonder if like if that's not going to happen with him, maybe in, with Robert Pattinson in 20 years, maybe that's <laughs> Ben Affleck is rumored right to now. be another bat be batman again in a different movie yeah. not a snyder cut a full-on different movie okay so, like our uh, like when we talked about our in our batman men podcast <laughs> there are going to be three active batman yeah at the same time true yeah that's a really bizarre place to live right now and that's cool like <laughs> what i mean i guess i've thought of ben affleck's batman as being I don't think those movies frame it as well, but I see that Batman as perhaps being between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, where he kind of is a little more incognito in Gotham and he starts branching out into the wider world to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's ill-informed, but and I don't think they frame it that way, but that's kind of how I've always thought about if... The Dark Knight Rises is the end of the Christian Bale Batman story, and then, of course, someone else has to pick up the mantle that Ben Affleck is somewhere before The Dark Knight Rises, but after The Dark Knight, maybe? Yeah, well, because, yeah. I mean, he couldn't be after The Dark Knight Rises because right. if you take that movie at face they, value. Even if, even if, or face value or, you know, ambiguous value, he's either <laughs> in hiding or dead. Right. Yeah, either way you take it. Um, can we talk about this cast? 
I want to say, can we talk about this effing cast? But because <laughs> it's a cast, man. I mean, Robert Pattinson, fine. As we've talked about, I think he's an underrated actor. I think yeah. people don't give him credit. Um, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally up for seeing what he can do as Batman. I'm not ready to write. I, I wasn't ready to write off with like Ben Affleck or anybody else. Like, let's let's see what he can do. I know some people didn't like this when it first comes out, but. I'm sure he'll be great in it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not worried about looks, that. Looks looks good so far. Um, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. That's cool casting. Um, yeah. Did not recognize Colin Farrell as Penguin. No, uh, I didn't. He's complete and awesome. Looks so good. <laughs> uh, and then Paul Dano as the Riddler. And I yes. had to look up. I was like, wait, Paul Dano. I know, I know that name, but why? And of course, the the one that sticks out to me is there will be blood. His milkshake yeah. is the one that is drank up uh-huh. <laughs> or drunk yeah, up. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so, so good. He's, he's a great actor. Yeah, he, he yeah he's also in uh, Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. and then he was in Swiss Army Man, and I think he's in The Girl Next Door, a nice little yeah. teen comedy from uh-huh. the early two thousands. There you go. But also Jeffrey Wright as Gordon is great casting. Um, I didn't realize it was Andy Serkis until I looked it up later because you don't know it's Andy Serkis until you see him because he has his voice is everything like yeah. he, his voice is everywhere. Um, there's yeah. a joke in our household that um, that all movies made since 2005 actually just star Andy Serkis doing mocap <laughs> that every actor is Andy Serkis. But anyway, and then John Turturro, like, come on. Yeah, it's and crazy. He's, he's, he's Carmine Falcone. He is. So, yeah, that's. Peter Sarsgaard's in this movie too. Correct. Yeah. Sorry, as Gil Coulson, no, which is not a, a not a character that I'm familiar with, but who knows? No, but I mean, it's yeah. You're right. Like we just we just ran through you know eight or ten easily recognizable actors to anyone who's watched any type of movie in the last twenty years. So you put together a pretty good cast here. You're right. As as you said, Bone, I am not ready to write off. Pattinson, I'm not ready to write off this movie. It looks like it's going to be good, and I'm excited to see it in a way that I haven't been excited for a DC property movie in, well, since The Dark Knight Rises. Well, this is, I also have a different definition of what makes a good movie. Like, not from the standpoint that I think every movie, because then you could you could qualify every movie, I guess, this way, but is is this Batman movie going to generate a lot of conversation after it's over? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. So, in that sense alone it will accomplish something now if it accomplishes it by being stupid or by having a really dumb plot well then we're going to talk about it briefly and move on but i'm saying like i think this movie will it will cause a lot of debate and discussion because i do think they're going to go a little bit of a different direction per se maybe than what other batman movies have and i think that will mean that ultimately it's going to be a good product does it mean that robert pattinson is going to be your favorite batman ever maybe maybe not like we may find he blows us all away we'll have to re-rank our batman maybe i will say the thing that this movie is smart to do and we we touched on this a little bit in our fully batman episode anytime you pit batman versus superman it's stupid because they're just different like batman is supposed to be the most human of superheroes and superman is supposed to be the most unhuman of superheroes in the most literal sense like Superman is an alien from another planet. Batman is a rich dude. Um, so I think it is very smart for DC to, especially after like the harsh reception that the Batman and Superman pairings have gotten so far, it is smart for them to ground him in a movie that is a serial killer slash crime fighting thriller. Mm-hmm. Like 
this is not necessarily the superhero movie you're used to. This is, as you said, a detective movie, more pure and simple, yeah, and that's a smart move on. Because their part. if you when you put Batman and Superman together, their their matchup doesn't make any sense. And because Superman's there, this happens in the Justice League. The villain has to be so close to Superman level, and then it turns into only Superman can fight him, anyways. Right. So yeah, now we have a a, a better grounded story of, with villains that are on par with what batman can handle because he can't handle alien life form i mean maybe he could he's pretty badass but, but. It, it takes you out of the realm of of believability yeah. when suddenly he has like i'm because i'm so smart and rich i built this super laser beam I, like <laughs> i built the death star with all my money part like, of me wonders what dc I, you is need to, you and will arnett could get together on the batman <laughs> as far as that's a pretty close will arnett lego batman Bro, right there uh, that was pretty good super quick side note i've always decided that if the radio thing didn't work out voiceover was my next career <laughs> and people who have heard me imitate Sheev Palpatine how many times on this podcast so far can tell you I believe that whether it's true <laughs> well, I believe it so anyway sure. you should <laughs> I was gonna say I think it's interesting to see what is DC planning here because are they kind of getting out of the game of the billion dollar giant blockbuster and like what is like what is successful for them for the Batman what if it's a really good movie but it only makes 500 million dollars is that yeah. is that going is that what they're aiming for? Is that going to be enough for them to keep making movies in this direction or are they looking for this to be a billion dollar generator which I don't think I don't think it's going to get there. I mean, it looks like it's going to be R rated too, which is another yeah. hurdle to that. Yeah. Well, those are both things that I like. I I would add I think if they were to lower expectations for a total earnings from this movie, make it R rated. The third thing I would like is there to be a promise, and I know they won't do this, but just let me live for a second. If they would promise to one time, one time, make a Batman movie that involves zero computer effects, other than you know, like the stuff we're accustomed to of cleaning up the lighting or something, like sure, I I would like one movie that is just all physical actual effects yeah you want then, all the action set pieces to be practical. You see, you want another yeah. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Well, I mean, more well, or Dark less. Dark Knight, because yeah, that was all practical effects in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's what I that's what I think. If you can hit the trifecta on that of like lowering those expectations on earnings, and also, yeah, the the less we can do of CGI stuff, the better for me. When it comes to Batman, I'm not saying that doesn't have a place for all superhero movies, but yeah, because Batman yeah. doesn't have superpowers, so you should theoretically be able to do anything Batman is able to do. Right. It, it's smart to make a Batman movie grounded, even in the filmmaking process, mm -hmm. because yeah, it it tethers it to being making him the most realistic of all yeah. the, of the yeah. unrealistic superheroes. One other thought, quickly, just that hit me was, I know this isn't totally fair to him, and and obviously it's tragic how this all went down, but like at the end of his career with Heath Ledger, he was doing a lot of very different movies. But I still remember when he got cast as the Joker, it was like, oh, the guy from Knight's Tale? Yeah. Are you sure that's going to work? Like people, I think, have forgotten that going back. So with Robert Pattinson, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy who played this vampire. It's like, well, right, but he's done other things. Like, I, I don't know. I'm pretty high on him, actually. I, yeah, I don't know who people like expect Batman. to play Batman. <laughs> well, I, I will say, too, like. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. The Lighthouse is to Robert Pattinson what Brokeback Mountain was to Heath Ledger. Okay. Like, it was kind of yeah. the movie where you finally went, oh, this person's, like, a serious actor and has chops. Too. No, like, lowercase c chops, not you. <laughs> um, 
I think that that's that's good timing for Robert Pattinson, where he has had he has just had a movie come out where people go, oh, this guy's got something that we didn't know about. It's sort of like the actor version. Robert Pattinson is famous, but it's sort of like the actor version of how they kind of direct these superhero movies now. Is they usually they seem to have a pattern of like finding like an indie director who makes like one really yeah. popular movie, and then they're like, okay, here's your two hundred million dollar movie. Right. Go ahead and like Robert Pattinson. It's like, oh, you can really act. You know what? Here's your Batman movie. But that worked super well for uh, for Marvel. Uh, no, I'm not That's saying another word. I'm just saying. Well, hey, and let's talk about James. Can we? Are we good now to go to Suicide Squad? Because I think that's yeah, interesting. The Suicide the su- Squad. Sorry, the Suicide Squad. Which, Which that's super not confusing to everyone who's yeah going people. To watch this it's, movie. it's the Batman. It's the Suicide Squad. It's the Black Adam. No, it's not. <laughs> but anyway. For people who aren't super versed, I'm sure are very confused by that. And then there's also a Justice League. The Snyder Which Cut. is the same movie, but different. Yeah. But yeah, so very... <laughs> if you don't know what's going on, you're probably very confused by this list of movies yeah. they just put out. Um, anyway, I think it's interesting to me. All the criticism I saw of the original Suicide Squad movie was that... Everything about it, Guardians of the Galaxy did better. Mm-hmm. And so I think what is, and that to me is always the comparison. Like, let's put Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy side by side because they're very similar. And Suicide Squad, I don't know if they were going for Guardians of the Galaxy when they were making it. And I think they tried to gear it a little bit more towards that in editing and it just disjointed. But now DC has listened and said, well, if we want to make Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> let's get James Gunn to do it. Which right. I think is probably going to end up like this movie's probably going to be pretty good because James Gunn does, makes good movies, yeah. like by and large, <laughs> especially in this it, genre. It almost feels like just some of the stuff that I've seen from it, it almost because they're taking it back, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be set in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be set in present day, but it almost feels like if Tarantino was going to make like a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. in a way of like they're going to set it back in a different time frame and then they're going to give it some humor which is obviously what James Gunn is known for but I'm saying if you think oh he's just going to make another Guardians of the Galaxy I don't think so in the sense that it's not going to have the polish on it. I think he's going to tr- make Reservoir Dogs I think that's a good comparison because <laughs> I think it's Reservoir Dogs <laughs> yeah it's it, well that's what it, that's what would serve the story right yeah. I mean is a much grittier version you don't want it to have the the sheen on it the polish on it that uh, you know guardians of the galaxy does that doesn't fit suicide squad and it and the, it had a little of that in the first one in the but, or in the but know, also don't suicide make it squad with no the don't make it an ugly cgi slog that you can't even tell what's going on because that was another problem with suicide right. squad especially like the villains they were just like gray putty monsters yeah. and you did you had no idea they were just in this rubble city with fighting gray putty monsters and then the Cara Delevingne did her little dance which is cool in t- like for for the reveal like there's a cool reveal that happens where oh you mean like this practically invisible villain is here but then you have to cut it out like then you have to <laughs> then yeah. you have to make the villain very visible for that's the movie <laughs> then you have to show Bruce the shark like <laughs> once you've done the reveal <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Not to rain on a parade, I think the cast is way too large. Probably. Well, I think the whole I mean the the amount of people that have to be in this movie is gigantic, right? I mean it's it's they've got every character that you can think of yeah. in the DC universe coming. It feels like all not all the characters in DC universe, but almost all of the under characters of yeah. DC universe coming into this movie 
Um, Which is kind of what Guardians of the Galaxy did. I mean, they were already a, a set group, but they're yeah. an under. They were an underknown group, and they were just like, let's make a movie with these guys. Yeah, but I will say. Um, the the Reservoir Dogs comparison becomes even more apropos when suddenly there are like nine or ten characters that you're supposed to care about. Yeah. And so if they can do that, and hopefully they're hopefully we aren't the only ones to think about that. Hopefully <laughs> James Gunn has went has gone. What if we make Reservoir Dogs, but it's superheroes? Yeah. I guess the only <laughs> thing you can be certain of when the cast list is this large in a superhero movie, there's going to be some deaths for sure. <laughs> well, and and in the teaser well, trailer, they, they've already. I was going to say in the teaser trailer, I don't remember which actor says, "Don't don't get too uh, don't get too attached." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. There was a quote to I can't remember the actor who said it, but he he said something about like genitals exploding. Yes. And it just struck me. I and that's where he started. Genitals, yeah. torsos, like <laughs> everything's exploding. It was just like, wow. All right, we're starting with exploding genitals. This is going to be some kind of movie. Um, I don't know if this is the time to bring it up, but if we start talking about the cast, obviously two of the returning cast members, Margot Robbie and Idris Elba, I think are going to be great. But the person I'd like to talk about is someone near and dear to my heart as a wrestling fan, and that would be John Cena. Yeah. It's Peacemaker. <laughs> Cena in that teaser trailer describes his character as douchey Captain America, yeah. <laughs> which in is hilarious because that is the character he is if you don't follow wrestling at all, that's who he is yeah. in wrestling is he was this guy initially with John Cena. When he came out, they made him like this tough guy, like Marky Mark with steroids, Yeah, more steroids as steroided as you can get. That's what they were trying to go for. He was like a rapper and he always had his shirt off and it was, it was very silly. And then they turn him into like, the all-american hero who always is posing with sick kids the new hulk hogan and yeah yeah they really did and they and that's what shot him up even further to, to the highest levels of fame and that's also what has made a lot of wwe fans loathe when he comes out because it's just like oh yeah all right 32 <laughs> shoes is back and that's that's what i think is going to be fun to see how that portrays into suicide squad where that's kind of you know obviously he's playing a different role here he gets to kill people in suicide squad but Still, it's going to be this guy who does good at the cost of everything else. He he just only does good, in, always. In D&D terms, he's the lawful good paladin, which is to say that, like, he he has a sense of honor, but that sense of honor is based in a code that could be flawed, but that doesn't matter to him. Like, <laughs> yes. so so it's like the letter of the law is more important than the spirit of the law. <laughs> and and exactly. I when he said he's a guy who does good no matter what, I thought, oh, well, that's, yeah, that's the character that everyone hates when you play at the table. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> how many soliloquies are we going to have to hear about God's vengeance? Like, <laughs> anyway. Well, and, I, and I think that will, I think that should provide some really good comedic effect, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, because you're going to have that where he's going to, be this guy who's standing up for everything and there's going to be people rolling their eyes constantly in the movie at him and that seems to be like a, a james gunn wheelhouse right yeah there. and that's like, sort of like the antithesis of the suicide squad anyways they're supposed to be criminals who are sort of doing good but like they're yeah. still bad they're still villains they're doing the minimal in their own amount right. of good while doing yeah. a ton of bad and he's doing he thinks the minimal amount of bad to do a ton of good but right. in reality he's doing a ton of bad because he's yeah, I wonder how like straight or like smart they're gonna play him. If True, like, yeah, maybe is he gonna be tricked into doing things? You know, is Harley Quinn gonna 
you know, play around with his moral compass in a way that he thinks now he is doing the right thing, but she really just tricked him into doing yeah. the bad thing. Which, yeah. on the topic of Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, I think, is going to be like Hugh Jackman, and she's just going to like career play this character because I think she really enjoys it and she does a great job. Yeah, well, and I also think that she got stomped on in the original Suicide Squad because she was second fiddle to Jared Leto's Joker. Mm -hmm. And so it's refreshing to see them giving, in the same way that they did with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, give her latitude to kind of be her own character and do her own thing and be the center of attention in a way that Harley Quinn is great for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny because I was just going to say, like, man, they really need to make a Harley Quinn standalone movie. And then I realized they did make that movie and I haven't seen it. Birds of Prey. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Go I like Birds it. of Prey. I thought it was pretty good. Was it, good? I, it was better yeah, than Suicide I, Squad. I have always liked Harley Quinn. And we've talked about this before, how, you know, that character came out of Batman, the animated series. It's one of the few mm-hmm. times where something after the comics influenced the comics, where they put her into comics after Batman, the animated series. Right. Which, and then now every been- girl put her into Halloween costumes. <laughs> But none of them call you Mr. J. <laughs> Mr. J. That's the voice actress. I don't know who did that. We need to look her up at some point. Yeah, she was, she's, I mean, she made that character. We, don't sure. talk, we talk about Mark Hamill all the time. We don't talk about whoever it was that, that voiced her because they were great. I'm on it. Um, is it time now to talk about uh, the Justice League, the four-hour edition? Jeez. I want to, can I say this? Justice League, the Watchmen, Snyder Cut. <laughs> I think that it's appropriate that uh, they played Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah as the like song for this. And yeah. I'll tell you why. But is it a joke? Hold on now. <laughs> okay. Don't stomp on my I comedy. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Don't stomp on my comedy because I have, I have jokes here. I'm of two minds. One, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah is beautiful. Uh, two... It's too long, and somebody did it better. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm afraid that, in fact, Justice League, the four-hour cut, is going to be, yeah, it's a beautiful movie, but it's too long, and it was done better by some... Well, not by somebody else, but it has been done better. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. There's my joke, chops. (laughs) No, Daniel doesn't like comedy. That is stated. (laughs) That is a fact. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. all, All I know is I will probably watch this. I will probably get through it i'm already not like i'm looking for i'm not looking forward to it in the way that i should for something that everyone has been clamoring for because it almost feels like obligation to say like all right it just looks like it's vision and and i and i understand the the circumstances surrounding this why we have this gut i mean obviously you know tragedy strikes and and things change and life changes but so i'm glad that this does get to be released it's just now I'm going to be watching something that is going to be a very long version of something that we've already seen. And I don't know that I'm and an overly serious, out. boring version. I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about with bat, like Batman works in stories kind of like this with this tone, but then they show Aquaman and he's like, he jumps into the, the thing of water and it's then cyborg and he's playing football before he's cyborg. And it just, I don't know. Zack Snyder, he's not a bad filmmaker, but in my opinion, his best movie is Dawn of the dead, 2004. That goes back a pretty long distance. And I think he just continually makes things with the same tone that don't fit for superhero movies. So I don't know why we're giving him another chance. Why are there so many fanboys for the, is, is it mostly just a contrary thing? Do you think, 
that people just want to say the Zack Snyder DC movies are good. So yeah, we, we got to see the Zack Snyder justice league cut. That one will definitely be good. Yeah, it could be, it could be that it could be that, or it could be the fact of like what you're saying when people don't have a restaurant in their town and they're like, man, if only we had this restaurant and then they open that restaurant and people are like, Oh yeah, it's okay. Like, <laughs> like you can, you can beg for it. And then once you get it, you're like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Let, I guess. It was let fine. me say this in the defense of the Snyder cut. There's so much lore in Hollywood about, well, this is the movie we saw, but this is the movie the director wanted to make. And there's like famous examples of the Blade director's Runner has cut. like four or five cuts. Precisely. <laughs> and it's and and the director's cuts are arguably better movies because they could kind of do what they want. I do think, especially right now when everyone's at home and can binge watch anyway, like make a make a Justice League miniseries. There aren't enough miniseries. That was the thing that was so big in the 80s and 90s where if you wanted to tell a story that was too long for a movie but too short for a, a you know episodic television show, you made a miniseries. And oddly enough, HBO is one of the few places that still makes high quality miniseries. Precisely. So uh, in its <laughs> oh my defense. Gosh, yeah. Go for it. This is the time for it. If you're ever going to do it. And also, DC is getting into this interesting little pocket where Marvel is taking a couple of year hiatus. And DC is trying to... I mean, if they had had their druthers, they probably would have released more movies this year mm-hmm. to, to fill that gap. But, like, there's no hype for Marvel... Or almost no hype for Marvel movies right now. People know they're coming out. But, like, there aren't these big you know two and a half minute three minute trailers and all this hype around it so yeah. good for them like this is your moment to try to get in and get and make good yeah to your point about doing like a mini series that Watchmen mini series was fantastic and yeah. Yeah, i don't even if you want to call that a mini series i mean it was you know it was supposed to be more than one season but yeah yeah but i mean it just it was it was so good and there are ways that you could tell these stories in uh, a more detailed fashion that gives a lot of if you want to have all these flashbacks and you want to kind of show people how this all came together great but you could you can do some of that and it's more tolerated in a mini series than it's like when you sit down to watch a movie at least for me it feels like i'm here to get to what happened like i'm i'm the first time i run through a movie i miss all the little things because i'm just so focused on getting to the conclusion <laughs> like how did it happen what yeah. is happening where unravel this story for me tell me a story and then later i'm like oh wow i didn't see that guy you know flipping a coin in the air in the background that was symbolic oh i missed that okay or whatever like there's all the little things they put in movies that that you're supposed to take away it takes me two or three times because i want to get to the end of that story if you're spending all that time on all the background stuff i'm just i know this is like a four-part thing so it technically is kind of like a mini series but yeah, I don't know. It it feels like it's it's not going to work as well because it's just being chopped that way. It's not being put together in the idea of a mini series. And what you just said is the reason I like spoilers. <laughs> in defense of spoilers, I like to watch a movie through the first time and not have to focus on what's going on in the plot so I can look for the little things. So everyone else no, goes we'll screw. See, yeah, but <laughs> I mean <laughs> You like to some know. Of us just love movies, Daniel, and some of us apparently yeah. just want to watch it one time and then throw them in the garbage can. And yeah, just I'm, never go I'm back. an English major, and let me tell you, I've had to read and reread and reread books too many times. I'm I'm over it. <laughs> um, quick note: the actress who played Harley Quinn, the voice, actress. the voice actress, yes, was yes. Arlene Sorkin. No relation to Aaron okay, Sorkin, okay. <laughs> but right. uh, formerly of Days of Our Lives and married to Christopher Lloyd. Really, Doc yeah. Brown. Doc Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, that's great. Okay, no. so so Arlene an Sorkin. actress in her own right, like a I, 
Yeah. I want to stan Arlene Sorkin Hell yeah. on this show, and I want to do it more <laughs> often because it doesn't happen enough. And I love Mark Hamill. He, we, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. We talk about all yeah. the great voice actors, but her name does not seem to come up as much. And she was more impactful, you could say, than almost anyone else in that series because her portrayal of that character got that character to become a thing in other series that it previously wouldn't have. So, yeah, I, yeah, let's let's talk about her some more. She's great. So uh, those were the the three like biggest highlights. There were of course some other things that came out in DC fandom. I think it's interesting what you were saying about uh, DC. This could have been a time for them to really push hard at Marvel, and it seems like they're still trying to do it. This obviously drummed up a ton of interest, but they had to release another trailer for Wonder Woman eighty four, which already yes. should have been out. Which is I think the first movie since like you know since this like this version of DC kind of took over the movie side. The first sequel. That has yeah. been fully anticipated because all the other ones, the first one's either been good and ha- doesn't have a sequel yet or has been bad and the subsequent movies weren't very anticipated. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this Wonder Woman, but I'm not really sure if this is Kristen Wiig's wheelhouse. Oh, see, that's the thing. I'm actually really excited to see what she does here. Like, I don't know if she will be able to pull it off, but I'm a huge Kristen Wiig fan, as I'm sure many people are. Didn't but- we learn anything from Cats, though? <laughs> no anthropomorphic cats. It doesn't work. No, it's I'm into creepy. it. It's uncanny <laughs> valley type stuff. No, I don't. I don't need to see the anthropomorphic cat. To your point, but like a lot of the stuff I saw in the trailer, I, at first I'm like, like I, I quite honestly, the first time I saw her, didn't even recognize her. And then I'm like, wait a second, what is Kristen? <laughs> Holy cow! Because I hadn't paid attention to who was in this movie. And then I went and looked it up, and I'm like, yeah, well, there she is. So. I'm excited to see what she does. I didn't mean to shortchange Wonder Woman. I I saw that trailer and thought, oh, this lo- that's not a it's not a storyline or a character I've ever followed very much. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this looks right. interesting and good, and like I'd like to see it. I also loved when she literally rode the lightning. That was sweet. Yeah, she- <laughs> and the whole invisible <laughs> jet joke, and then they were like, but radar is a thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh crap! Yeah. They, I love how they worked all that in. Yeah. And- I'm I'm excited that Pedro Pascal is in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I didn't know is- that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. He plays Maxwell Lord in this movie. So uh, Maxwell Lord, a charismatic businessman and entrepreneur who is famous for his TV infomercials. How about uh, it? So That's funny. They based his character <laughs> oh on Billy Mays uh, on Gordon Gecko, actually. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. So, but close. I mean, maybe maybe we should have a little Billy Mays homage in there, too. And then but yeah, rip. Last you know. thing I wanted to hit. There wasn't, you know, a ton of information on this, but. The Rock, yeah, is going to be in a movie uh, in the DC universe. So that's pretty exciting. Do you smell <laughs> what Black Adam's yes. cooking? Can we talk about uh, though no. that this character is just the Scorpion King? That's what I said right <laughs> when I saw it. I was when they when they showed him like chained up and stuff. I was like, oh, this is the Scorpion King. He, oh, I, he was this like superpower thing in <laughs> Egypt, and then he got locked away for five thousand years. I mean, I'm here for it. I love well, the Rock. I think he's great, and he's of all people who should be an action star, but the Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you on that. Obviously, I just talked about John Cena earlier, so my my wrestling heritage yeah. leads me to be very excited about this movie. I will say too, just from a storyline standpoint anything that kind of involves the nephilim storyline if you've ever looked into the nephilim lore of like there's these beings that were around and then they are gone but maybe they're not bible giants man yeah i love (laughs) any story that kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be nephilim it doesn't have to say it explicitly but just the idea of like there were people a long time ago and then one of them is still around Mm -hmm. and here he goes like i I've always enjoyed these storylines. And so, yes, I'm 
Andy. sign me up for at least checking this movie out and, and getting somewhat excited about digging into you know the black adam character and, and things like that and the way they had the rock talking too it sounds like we might actually get a formidable opponent of superman that's a good point um which right. we were just talking about how superman and batman that doesn't really work as far as 1v1 but here we've got a character who could and it's smart that they cast the rock because then it's you're gonna have people who are gonna choose that side superman's such a famous popular character right you'd have to have not only in the universe somebody strong enough but almost somebody in the real world that's strong enough to combat him because if this was a no-name actor i think everybody would probably just keep siding with superman well and it, it sets up a very uh, civil war thing where you have your captain america fans and yeah. your iron man fans and like that is a thing where that that the fan base can actually be divided about instead yeah. of like you said it's hard to pick a side when you're like oh what's well, superman so to bring up twilight again team edward and team jacob <laughs> yeah you know i think that's what they were thinking they were like who can we who can we cast as the werewolf in this equation <laughs> and they said you know who dwayne johnson yeah right they they saw him in fast and furious and were like that's someone who can definitely beat superman because if you watch <laughs> those movies he doesn't die he just no matter what they throw at him he finds a way to live so there you go that'll be perfect I think that that about wraps things up for us today on Nerd Association. I did want to take a moment on our on Twitter. I did tell folks that if they shouted out to a movie that they did not expect to be good or a, season, a series they did not expect to be good, we give them a shout out. So I'd like to shout out to Nathan, who said The Italian Job and Inception. I could see those being movies with higher entry points. Uh, and J-Lo, the important one, says uh, <laughs> Fleabag Series 2 is superb. So thanks for, for, for chiming in uh, on the Nerd Association Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Nerd Asoc, That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. You can also uh, let us know what you'd like to hear on, uh, on this show, or you can uh, maybe be one of our nerds by reaching out to us at our email, which is nerdasoc at gmail.com. like to thank... J.D. T-Bone Smith for joining us today and talking about Batman for a while once again. We appreciate your input. I swear one of these days we'll have you on and not just talk about Batman. <laughs> well, we didn't. We, we talked, talked about, about Rock too. <laughs> we also <laughs> yeah, talked about the Rock. Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks, T-Bone. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you next week.